The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. on SAFM. Let's go through the rules, everybody. You all know the drill now. Let's get calling now. Johannesburg 714-2006. We're analyzing the special NEC that was held over the course of the weekend. President Ramaphosa's reform project. Mahashule's resistance and his being ordered to apologize to the ANC structures, the NEC reaction to the step-aside policy and whether or not this is sustainable. There are many arguments for and against. And, of course, the ANC and their plan to eradicate corruption, which is not a platitude, I would imagine, which is new to your ears. So please call Johannesburg, 714-2006. Professor Susan Boyson, ma'am, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Prof. Susan, good evening. Good evening. Hi. Indeed. Thank you so much for joining us. Are you well this evening? Thank you very much. Yes. Exciting times. <clears throat> Exciting times, you say. Tell us why you say so in the context <laughs> of the ANC, of course. Interesting. Yes. Maybe I should not say exciting, <laughs> but it is certainly very, very interesting. Yes. Um, especially the fact that Sir Ramposa got back on his NEC to bring out quite a definitive statement against factionalism. Of course, factionalism comes from many sides, and at least from two sides, but particularly this destructive type of factionalism that we have seen in the last week when Esma Khashoggi decided to up the odds and to challenge Cyril Ramaphosa with, by serving him unilaterally with an order of suspension, etc. And now Ramaphosa and his ANC seem to have drawn another line in the sand. Maybe these lines in the sand are going to become more definitive. Talking about definitive, I mean, many have done far less in the ANC and have copped a far greater punishment than sending the president of the organization a letter of suspension clearly without the support of either the constitution or the mandate of the people. It seems, at least on present facts, that Esma Khashule might have gotten off it lightly, or is this part of what seemingly is the president's strategy to go for the long haul, and ultimately when he goes for the juggernaut, there's no coming back from that? It could very well be part of that strategy, because Sir Ramposa really gave, and his associates, Sir Ramposa doesn't act on his own there. Granted. Associates around him can't a lot, but they have given Esma Hushule a rope, and it seems at the stage that Esma Hushule managed to get that rope around his own neck. But then, um, we also know in the ANC that Things come back, things go in circles. Mm. And Mahashule is certainly, I don't think he is going to apologize. The, one of the rulings of the end that we heard in the NEC statement, I cannot imagine that he will apologize. He will find a way to get back and and to draw, to try to do, extend the circle around Ramaphosa again. And, you know, but we have seen so many of his arguments now that of being a victim, that of being a victim specifically of Sir Ramaphosa and his people behaving unprofessionally and victimizing him. And, but the Ace Mahashiri makes the bigger argument there in the sense that he 
tries to show that that is uh, distorted, disfigured, and an imploding ANC represented by Ramaphosa. So, uh, but I do not think he has managed to do that in the last week. And it was a week that was so strategically important for Esma Rashule. I can only imagine that he, if, if he had really big cards to play, he would have been playing them in the last week, like he did with trying to suspend his president. And but that was that did not that did not hold. There are many people in the organization who've been calling bluffs. One of them is an ally, at least it is thought to be an ally of Ace Mahashule, the former president. So when, when people throw, or oh, certainly suggest that they will, they will, they will do this and all hell will break loose, it's probably because it's an empty threat and just trying to make sure that they buy themselves time. But in the context of time, can South Africans now afford what is going on in the party? I'm asking this question simply because mm. there's a lot of what transpires in the public, South African public, not ANC public, in terms of what happens in the ANC. For instance, the instability in the party invariably becomes instability in governance and in government. Of course, we are headed just shy or five months from now to local government elections. Quite easily, the most important local government election we would have held in some time. How then do you see things panning out? There are branches calling for an early NGC. There is what is happening now in anticipation of local government elections. Also, whoever seems to be getting traction now, a year from now, that person or those persons will be open, close quote, the leading faction for the ANC presidency and the related top six. So we cannot discount what is happening now in the context of the stability politically of the country and by extension, governance at large. That is that is so indeed. And, and we know that the ANC loves to argue, many people in ANC love to argue, that factionalism is not exceptional show they they challenge people say show us the political party anywhere around the world that doesn't have factions and my answer to that one always is yes there are factions but if they extend right into government and affect governments as much as they do in south africa then it becomes rather exceptional and in many respects unforgivable because factionalism these factional fights and Yes, unfortunately, some of them are necessary because if if one can if one can believe Sarumposa that is really rebuilding and renewing and cleaning up the ANC, then one can argue yes, it's necessary for one faction to to prevail over another. But it is not a circle circle that can just be extended mm. infinitely. It has to come to a point so that those participants can be can get themselves that time to really focus on governance because there are so many gaps and the, the gaps that are there can actually be filled through concerted action, policy action, government implementation action and critical review, etc. All those governance phases and phenomena that can be improved if there is a better focus on governance and what goes into it and what gets delivered to citizens. And it's, and citizens are, and voters are drawing the line most definitely. We see it in reliable public opinion polls as well. They draw the line between 
just party politics and factionalism and what is natural and how those impact on government. And yes, and when it comes to elections, it is such a vexed question, that relationship between performance and elections and electoral performance then of a particular party like the ANC, mm. because voters do draw lines and at local level they see the effects of poor governance and divisive governance, destructive governance at local level and they know things can be better if there is a better attention to those issues. And yet voters are also quite desperate, we see it time and time again, they're desperate to have hope, to to believe that political parties are actually going to do better, going to do better the next time around. And they, they, they fall often hook, line and sinker for electoral messages and those campaign messages. And Sir Ramaphosa, and we see it in the NEC statement that was released today as well, they really have one big eye on those elections and they have to persuade the electorate that they are cleaning up and that they will be doing better, that they will be less distracted and next time around. Like voters have believed have had happened in 2019 in the national and provincial elections. And each time around, the voters do get more cynical and critical. And unless there is persuasive arguments and evidence at this stage, and I believe Ramaphosa and his NEC are trying to deliver that definitive evidence that they will be doing better and they should be believed. They could really suffer. But then perhaps they won't really suffer even if they don't do it definitively because opposition parties are not doing much better and which takes me to my next that point. Will be in local elections. That takes me I to my next point, and I want us to engage that, please, Professor Susan Boyce and Professor at Wits University, and author of the book Precarious Power, talking to us this evening on hashtag The Weekend Wrap. It's, of course, all things ANC, but we can't talk about ANC without invariably talking about governance in the country. And, of course, by necessary implication, Democratic Alliance, EFF, Freedom Front, IFP, UDM, and the like. You mentioned opposition parties. This is probably as good a time for them to capitalize if it if, if, if it means that in terms of what can only be characterized as instability within the party because never before have we seen this sort of NEC grappling with these sorts of issue no less between the president and the ANC secretary general now this is an opportunity whichever way it comes for the Democratic Alliance to change its fortunes from 2019 to 2021. The EFF, they've looked better at every election. This, for them, should be something that they are licking their lips at and about. Similarly, so possibly for the Freedom Front, because they picked up voters in the last general election. And generally speaking, anyway, this might be a pattern for them to look forward to come local government elections. What then can be said is the responsibility of opposition parties. There has been complaint or there has been comment about them not being good enough. That's why the ANC can get away with a sort of murder, as it were, that it continues to get away with. Will we see any changes from opposition parties? If we are going to see something, because I haven't seen the evidence, the early evidence of that materialising yet, we know each of our opposition parties in South Africa also has incredible internal problems 
and with sometimes the uh, corruption issues, sometimes their uh, racial division issues, sometimes like just, just the narrow parameters of the defined audience problems. So each of the political parties that are alternatives, potential alternatives at the stage, really come with their own comes with its own set of problems. Uh, it is indeed a case where they've always had a beautifully case, beautiful case made out for them, terrific right there for the taking, and how they can exploit and show argue to the electorate that they can do, actually do better than this device, the divided ANC that hasn't got its eye on the ball, etc., etc. And yet, they have not shown so far that definitive evidence that they can do better than the ANC. We have seen that the DA, for example, had a few years ago the big project of showing that they have experience in government, Western Cape, several towns in Western Cape as well, municipalities there in Cape Town, and they've got experience in government and therefore must be able to the voters must be able to trust them to do it at national level as well. And yet that did not work for the DA. As it were, they were a failed experiment. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, failed experiments prevailed. And so, yes, and that is the irony of electoral politics in South Africa at this stage. We are a multi-party democracy depending on elections to bring in the leaders, but the elections really do not bring in very good leaders time and time again. And it's no wonder that proportions of voters, uh, registered voters who participate in elections are going down rather than up. And as I also argue in my book, that protest often becomes a very viable alternative to voting in, in elections. And then uh, the white voters, citizens up the scale and Violent protests often become a preferred method of expression of their political preferences and more of a guarantee that Mm. there will be action following that than just a distant vote. Let's listen to a couple of voice notes that have since come through for Professor Susan Boysen's. Boysen, I beg your pardon. We are talking about all things ANC, NEC over the last weekend, culminating in the statement released by the president today. And, of course, your thoughts and opinions are most welcome. I do repeat that voice notes, please, should be kept to under a minute with as limited background noise, if any, as possible. And, by extension, we endeavor to do, we endeavor to play it, honey, as we are taking calls on Johannesburg, 714-2006. First voice note, please. Uh, Hello. Um, thanks very much for this wonderful show. Uh, I just want to have clarity on this thing of Mahashule. Is he the only one corrupt in the ANC? Because we have heard that people were implicated for the frozen chicken, security at their homes, but it's quiet. They are concentrating on ACE. Is he the only one corrupt? Because we want to see everyone who is implicated stepping aside. John Mashavela in Limpopo. Hi, Songezo. Lovely show again. There are two scenarios that I have, or a few. Previously, in ANC, there was no need for the step aside because there was no corruption allegation. And it was hunky-dory 
and there was no impropriety. It was or it was the normal. Corruption was there, but it was normal and accepted, so everything was fine. Now that there are allegations of massive corruption, there is serious resistance. Hello, my energetic presenter. You see, let us not be too excited. This is Africa. You know, Africans used to have meetings during the night, but during the day, they pretend to be so nice. So we must just hope that AC will turn his heart together with his cahoots. Otherwise, we are going to Somalia, Central African Republic, Mozambique, Zimbabwe, uh, Southern Sudan. You see, we'll even end up in Libya and Mali. Because if you check, all African countries have collapsed because of this division of the liberation movement. Because the expiry date has arrived. A liberation movement survives. 20 years from there, they're out of ideas. So that is why they have looted two years back, knowing that expiry date is this year. So let us not go up uh, so high. I'm telling you, we must just pray that they come together. They run this country collectively. That is my submission, WP Ramudla Limpopo, Lewahomo. Evening, Songe, so it's Shotis Nolan Mafefe Limpopo. I'm quite certain that is Mahasule will not apologize to the ANC branches and to Ramaphosa. And then he will be subjected to the disciplinary process. And then eventually get dismissed because Mahasule thinks he is the Alpha and Omega in the ANC. He's going to be very stubborn. And, and, and I think they will fire him. He will be uh, gone forever. Thank you, Songhez. Prof Boyson, I know you have to shoot very quickly, but your response to any of what Shorty, WP or John have said? Yes, indeed. Now they all raise very pertinent questions. And political colours also show um, connotations come out there, and that's interesting, yes. Mahashele, of course, is not the only implicated person in ANC. There are many, many across all the factions. I believe to make it implementable that resolution set aside at this stage, they've been focusing on the ones charged already. And let's let's trust that when other cases like security systems and many other issues, when they come to that point of having been investigated, that they will also be leading to the necessary charges. And I believe this phase of accountability that we're living in now, so much more accountability the whole of South Africa is focused on not just on the Zondo Commission, but on charges as to when who is charged. And so, yes, it is a heightened period of accountability that I am modestly, very modestly, but modestly hopeful that that could lead to cleaner and better government going into the future. Fantastic. Let's leave it there. Thank you so much for your time. You've got to shoot. 2030 is very much upon you more than it is upon <laughs> Thank us. Thank you very much. Professor Susan Boyson will be back when? Very soon, I am sure. Professor at Wits University and author of Precarious Power. Let's